We're going to turn back to our Bibles now and to Luke's Gospel and chapter 2. I'm going to pick it up at verse 8, a passage we shared in right at the start of this morning's service, uh, as today's the, the third Sunday in Advent. And what I'd love us to do is just to pause after every verse, read it slowly, and just allow one thing to strike you, one word to come to mind. And there'll be a word that'll appear uh, on the screen behind me, but uh, there might be words that strike you as well. And if you'd like to, just to speak out that, that one word that strikes you. So Luke chapter 2, starting reading at verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Unexpecting. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests.
when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Father, we thank you so much for all that we see in your word, for all that we see of you. We thank you now, Lord, for this chance to read together, to hear together. And we pray, Lord, that by your spirit you'd be present to speak and to move among us as we come to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, they were out in the fields, shepherds watching their flocks by night. It was the same old story. The same old fields, the same old sheep, the same long nights. As they gathered to relieve the day workers, they would share their stories. And it was always the same old stories. The misunderstanding, the mistrusts. They were misfits, rejects, the usual suspects. Their stories were always peppered with the looks that people had given them, the disgust on their face of parents protectively picking up their children and snatching them away from them, of suspicion, accusation, rumors and whispers. And sometimes it was far less veiled. Sometimes people shouted abuse if they tried to enter the wrong street, the wrong tavern, the wrong place. A shepherd's testimony wasn't even permissible in a court of law. So people could do to them whatever they wanted to do. And they did. The same old story. But they couldn't help but wonder, what had they done to deserve this? Well, shepherds were very easy targets. They were society's scapegoats. Their whole lives were shrouded in mystery, and so they became blame magnets. See, as night shepherds, they were used to the dark. Their eyes had grown accustomed to watching shadows, discerning shapes, seeing in the dark. They knew their way around parts of the city that most didn't know existed, or if they did, wouldn't dare to venture. In the dead of night, this was their world to roam, their world to own. People had no idea what they got up to out there, and their minds filled the silence with all kinds of dark and dangerous guesses. So any trouble, any threat, any theft, and the blame landed at the shepherd's gate. It was clever. They had no chance of recourse. It was the same old story. What had they done to deserve this? Well, they also had a reputation for roughness, too. And this was partly rightfully earned. They knew how to look after themselves and their flocks. They traveled in teams, armed with staffs, rods, clubs, knives, slingshots. They had all the weaponry and skill that had seen off thieves, wolves, bears, and even lions. They didn't run from danger. They would never back down from a threat. They didn't scare easy. But they also carried the battle scars, both the ones on their skin and the ones in their soul. They were haunted by the freak attacks, 
The scars were deep too, sometimes making their attitude aggressive, their reactions violent, and their language choice. The stories of them defeating wild beasts were well known. There were many legendary tales, but with that, and a reputation for being fearless, they were feared for it. What had they done to deserve this? Well, then there was the company that they kept. Nobody chose the life of a shepherd. You were more than likely born into it. Large families inheriting this way of life from previous generations, and so it ran in your blood. They often needed to trade outside of Israel's borders, and so they were familiar with foreigners. They knew their names, their cultures, their business, even picked up bits of their language. But to the Jewish mind, a separation from the Gentile world was a form of survival and a way of showing true loyalty to God. A shepherd knew no such luxury, and they were looked at as half-breeds because of it. Now they were shepherds in the fields, watching their flocks by night. The same old story. Until an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified they were terrified, shepherds, terrified of one angel, one angel of the Lord appearing to them, to shepherds. Nobody appeared to shepherds. You avoided them or you confronted them. But on the night when heaven comes down, the very first invitation to Jesus' feet is not in the royal courts. It's not in the wealthy or the well-to-do mansions. It is outside of the town, in the dead of night, in a shepherd's filthy field that the glory of the Lord shone around them. What had they done to deserve this? Suddenly, bathed in this holy light, they find themselves standing in the presence of a powerful spiritual being, an angel, God's warriors, God's watchers, his messengers. And this terror, in the Greek it's the word phobos, from where we get our word phobia, and it describes an instant state of panic that instinctively makes you want to run for your life. But the angel spoke. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Fear not, said he, for mighty dread had seized their troubled mind. Glad tidings of great joy I bring to you and all mankind. Good news. Great joy. All people. And as if to prove that all people means all people. Here we are in a shepherd's field. To you in David's town this day is born of David's line, a savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be the sign. The heavenly baby there shall find a human view displayed, all meanly wrapped in swaddling bands and in a manger laid. To you, what had they done? to deserve this. Nothing. 
The word joy that is used here is the word charin, and it's, it's an extension of the word grace. It, it actually describes a reaction to grace, the excitement, the buzz, the surprise, the celebration of an undeserved gift, of unearned favor. This isn't just charin, this is great charin, God's great grace. Do not be afraid. This invitation is addressed to you. This Savior has come to you. Good news, great joy, all people, you. And suddenly life would never be the same old story ever again. Don't be afraid. Your life is part of a much bigger story. The story of God's great grace. See, in this life, there are many things that could cause us fear. Moment by moment, day by day, we are surrounded by things that we could and should fear, but most of us are blissfully and sometimes willfully ignorant of. But phobos, that panic, it's a forced focus on something, isn't it? Suddenly there's something that is there that we can't ignore. It's there and it becomes the most important thing in the room, in the moment, in our lives. And we lose sight of everyone and everything else. That fear, that focus, that feeling becomes the only story that we're able to listen to. We tend to insert it, don't we, back into our past and project it like a self-fulfilling prophecy into our future. It's always been this way. It's never going to go away. And somehow fear becomes the greatest story. And we stretch out a painful chapter of our lives until it becomes a whole section. And it has the power to become the whole story of our lives unless unless there is a bigger story, a bigger hope, a greater grace. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. That story that began back in Genesis, back at the very beginning, is still unfolding, still outworking. That one that was promised who would be born of a woman that would break the serpent's hold has come. A Savior who is Christ the Lord. Do not be afraid. This will not be your story. You're part of a story of God's greater grace. Hopefully on the way in tonight, you all picked up a, a little sheet of paper. If not, there's some available on the, uh, on the table there and, and a pen as well. And on that paper, there are two things I'd just like to draw your attention to. The first is a, a timeline. It's a very sort of brief timeline of all of history, fitted on one side of, of A5. Uh, but it kind of marks out some of the major moments. Creation. God speaks us into existence. The fall. We say no to God's way. So God sends judges to rule over us, and then later kings. And then later prophet after prophet after prophet come back. Know my greater grace. Then right in the center of that timeline, God steps into his world to give his life 
for that world. And raising again sends the fire of his Holy Spirit upon that world. The age of the church, the generation of the Spirit, the new covenant. And eventually this timeline, our time here on earth, will be done. And Christ will, will once again step on this earth to judge the living and the dead. And so we form just such a little part of that timeline. I wonder what it is that causes you that sense of panic. Those things that you would rather run from. And I wonder if you were to put that on this timeline, if it would help you just to step back and see the bigger picture, the bigger story, good news, great joy, all people for you. And then beneath that, there's a verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I just want to invite you simply to put your name in that gap there. He made his light to shine in my heart. And just to sit and to look at it, just to sit and to read it and to know this is the story that I am part of. This is the great grace that has been given to me. Just give you a few moments to do that and then we'll, we'll pray together.